Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of Zion's Finest. This is Kenny Brown, and I am joined by three of my brothers. I'm joined by Samuel Sweeten, I'm joined by JK, and I'm joined by Matthew Scott. Okay, so first off, we're going to do our introduction. We're going to try and keep this podcast to a reasonable length, although newsflash, I am, I'm going to have many things to say about many things. We, the three of us, are going to keep this to a reasonable length. <laughs> you, will, you will try. There's going to be a lot of bleeps that are going to be coming. <laughs> that's right. We're going to R2 coming through That's here. right. I'm going to be using my farmer language. Okay, so first off, we'd encourage everyone to join the Slack. There's more intros things, but in order to keep this to a reasonable hour, let's just go right to our recent game summaries. Um, Sam, let's start with you. Well, I, I think starting with me is also starting with you, Kenny. Dang straight. We just, just played three games back-to-back, and I was running the Grievous Dooku package yep. all three games. And uh, Is that the straight seps list? Yes. Yeah, just, yep. just straight seps. I have Kraken, I have Django, I have B2s, I have Magnas. Yep. Um, and uh, they they do what they what I've said they do. They move a bunch of people. They wound people. They yep. control points. And uh, probably you have the most to say about these games. Yeah, let me just... So I will say, so our first two games, I ran Obi-Lumi clones. Um, the first game, I ran Ahsoka Rex as my secondaries. And the second game, I tried Cody Rex. So our first game was hyper close. Unbelievably close. Like, we had a, a point where if o, I need Obi to get literally a single success against Grievous in order to wound him and win. And he did not do it. <laughs> Like, it was, it was a very, very close game. Our second yeah. game, however, was not close at all. No. Um, and I, so I think that the first game, the setup layout of the terrain probably made, lended a little bit more parity, um, or maybe even an advantage to the clones. I was able to take advantage of it. Yeah. Whereas the second game, it just felt like I got spread super fast. I was spread apart super quickly, and the clones just melted. I mean, they literally just melted. I, I think Grievous one shot. Yeah, I think I went Grievous, one shot the 212, Shatterpoint, one, one shot, shot the, the commandos. commandos. Yep. And then, you know, then you had nobody holding points anymore, and yeah. I just had all of them. It was over. So then, <laughs> we, because that game was so fast, we started a third game where I played Will's uh, More Machine Than Man list, which is Vader, Grievous, uh, Django, uh, OB2, Magna's Fifth Brother. I am just going to say. This is my first time having played units that can do damage. <laughs> I was shocked at how stupid good that team is and how good all of those units are. And anyone now who wants to say that like clones have some kind of parity with steps, like you need to have your head checked because their damage is just unbelievable in that list. What the clones do, we were talking about this, like what the clones do is with Obi-Wan, they have this awesome defensive ability with hunkers. The problem is, is that their defense is really not that much better. The durability of clones is not better than the durability of seps. Their defense, they might be rolling more defense dice, but that is not the same thing as durability, right? And the seps have durability in addition to better offense, in addition to tons of out of activation movements and attacks. And it cannot be overstated that the ability for Grievous to go in in one shot anything almost is crazy mixed with Django, who's pinging anyone who doesn't wound shot one shot i just couldn't believe i'm like forget that clones have to pay a bunch of force to get access to the things they want to do yeah separatists do not that's the thing is so like i sam we were playing and sam was like look at how much force you have i had seven force i looked down and i had spent one after like and we were slapping each other i mean we were like everyone's moving everyone's fighting it was just insane and so if it's like that feeling where like you have been, you know, driving a Civic 
And then all of a sudden you like get behind like a Mustang and you're just like, oh, this is what it's like to drive a car. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, I'm just going to say, like, it's a little disheartening because I love Obi Lumi. And I think Obi and Lumi are amazing primaries. Like, they are awesome. Even though their offense is not the best. I mean, it's not grievous. Like, they, they do bring this incredible thing to, to the board. But it is laughable to compare clone commandos to magna guards and the magna guards cost one less right like that's a laughable comparison and so i'm just gonna say like it's gonna i'm gonna be working on this i'm just gonna say it's a little ridiculous so yeah. that's all i'll say okay well it we played a game kenny where yes. you were running uh, kind of that flip side you yep. were running obi lumi and i was running grievous or i was yeah, running grievous vader yep and i was had Dice ice cold, cold ice, ice cold yeah, ice cold is the arctic yeah. and i was still almost one-shotting everything well you one-shot barris you yeah. almost one-shot obi yeah. with a hunker token yeah. like it's just it's it's just ridiculous yeah, and like, i was yeah and i was rolling poorly yeah i i i will i could really we should do an episode sometime <laughs> comparing this and just like just putting these units like side by side in terms of their expertise in terms of their health even the fact that magna guards have 10 health. That's four it, more health than clone commanders. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I, I think there's a, I, I think hearkening back to, there's a, to Imperial Assault, yeah. I think there's a where the rebels used to have a focus tax. Yeah. If you didn't have focus, your attacks were worse, but they had everyone have focus. Yeah. Where now it's like, oh, because they have access to Obi, we have to make their defense worse. Yes. Yeah. And the problem is their defense with Obi is getting up to where the Seps defense is. That's exactly It's not going like. past the Seps. Yeah. It's getting to where it is. Yeah. Because they were like because it seems like it was worried about going through it. Yeah, I I I understand that there are a lot of like the clones have a ton of moving parts. And with coordinated fire, with uh, knowledge and defense, there is a lot of moving parts and I can understand AMG feeling very careful about how they wanted to balance that. But there is I think no dispute that they woefully underpowered the clones vis-a-vis -vis the the separatists in terms of you know we're, we're comparing because here's the thing dooku and grievous are i would say they are comparable to obi lumi who i think are kind of like they are like filling that spot for the republic primaries and dooku and grievous are not worse than you know it's not like oh you're paying this tax because they have obi lumi whereas you have these crappy um primaries it's like oh no i'm sorry you're bringing grievous and dooku or grievous and vader it's like what the like who thought of this i don't know so anyway uh yeah. to put some other context context here of um of of kenny's kenny's rants there was twice in our first game where my jingle fet rolled five successes on not oh, so man. fast yeah that was brutal. to that uh really just swung the game because he because well so he, he not so fast three times one time he wounded a Lumi, which was kind of expected, right? You yep. needed to. I needed to. The other time you did five on Obi, which yep. was a bummer because then you were able to wound him. Yep. Um, then I Rex, I did his um, whatever, his free advance and healed. So I'm like, oh, he needs to roll perfect in order to get this. And of course he rolled five. So wounded Rex. Yep. And that game was still hyper close, but like that, that now I'm like, oh, that was an anomaly. Like, yeah. I mean, that was not how that thing was supposed to go down. No, not at all. Okay. JK and Matt, how is, how are you, how is your recent game? <laughs> Our recent game went like this. We so we basically ran more or less mirror matches. Basically, what happened is we had six uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the map. Yeah. Magna guard attacks happen, including mine getting wounded, 
and then we activated Magna Guards. Yeah, so dumb. Like they, because I was running Kalani and Kraken, yeah, and Matt was running Kraken, and so they were just like, yeah. you, they were just in there, and so it was just like, yeah, just as smack, the full smack, smack, break, smack. breakdown. I was running yeah. Dooku, Kraken, Magnas, Anakin, Padawan, Ahsoka, um, B ones, okay, and I, I, yeah, I, and super I was running, that. yeah, I was running Annie, Kra- um, Annie, Kraken, Magna Guards, um, Asage. Oh, interesting, Kalani. Uh, B ones. Okay. So, yeah. That is really interesting. I mean, like, those are both just very interesting and very yeah. different kinds of lists, even though they're... It's they're very yeah, I really yeah. wanted to kind of play around with the Dooku-Anakin thing, like, partially because I got slapped around by Sam Separatist a couple weeks ago and yeah. had a very similar experience to what Kenny had tonight. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to see some of the Separatist stuff from the other side in a little bit more detail. Yeah. But I also... I'm wanting to explore Anakin's potential a little bit more because I think it's there, and I think Dooku is probably his best buddy right now. I think that's a, I, I think I that's a great point. playing Anakin Dooku. Yeah, super defensive. So yeah. the, I mean, the, I mean, the economy is cr- just crazy. Yeah, because yeah. like you, I mean, you, even with Dooku, you don't have the opportunity. Like, you can't really afford to have Anakin do his. Um, uh, I'm going to end this twice because that. I mean. You realistically you are spending three force every uh, one time per cycle that Anakin activates. Yeah, it, a second time even with a shadow point is just a little bit too much. Yeah, but having what you didn't have Jango. I did not have Jango. Okay, I had Kraken instead to help push yep. the sure. droids around. Right? Yep, but even with that, it it frees up some force for uh, Ahsoka to use it. Yeah, it frees mm-hmm. up some force for Kraken to use it. Um, yeah. and yeah, it was it was just wild how much like extra free movement, extra free attack you get. Even running a diminished Separatist package where I I had Dooku, Kraken, and then the two support, the three cost support droids. Yeah. And they are scooting around and dealing damage and smacking each other and just getting an incredible amount of work done. Um, That game, what it really came, it came down to kind of two big swing points. Um, The first was towards the end of the first struggle. Um, my my Anakin was able to ace out his B one JK's B ones. Okay. Um, to kind of close out and win the struggle, his Anakin then went next and with like full force availability, scooted up, attacked my Anakin. Um, he did f- five damage in the first attack, and then he paid two, and then he did another three damage. So it wasn't. And enough. so double attack oh. whiffed, Ooh. killing my Anakin. Yeah. So huge like. Big back breaking thing, yeah. and then right at the end of the second struggle, I was ahead. JK was needed to flip a point. He brought his Asajj over, and the Asajj couldn't do three damage to win my B ones. Yeah, just whiffed, yeah. and so like two big dice whiffs that really swung the game. Yeah, that otherwise was very close and just yep. involved a lot of damage trades back and forth. Yeah, here's what's interesting so, about that list is that with Dooku, Anakin, Magna Guards. <clears throat> you have so many good shatter point targets, yep. right? Yep. Like that's what's kind yeah. of wild yeah. about Kraken. That. It's a great shadow point target. Yeah, Kalani, great shadow point target. Yep. Um, The other thing that Magna Guards do, like, in addition to being super heavy hit hard hitters, in addition to being having ten health, yeah, in addition to moving around all over the place, the the their intercede thing where they can just force you to not be able to attack certain targets is crazy good. So good, and it's so and it's like that that came up big in our second struggle. Where I was able to sort of say like, nope, like you can't hit my other stuff because I've got a Magna Guard sitting next to my Anakin. Yeah. Yep. And so even though he's at eight of eleven damage, 
you you can't wound him unless you want to. I think yeah. your option, JK, was to double uh, advance with force power with Asajj and yep. then pay two more for to a force, force push, push. Yep. to get him out of the way yep. to then make an attack. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just backbreaking. Yeah. yeah. So, regarding that list, actually, I had another reason. I played against Curtis's okay. um, Vader Grievous list. Okay. Essentially the same thing. Yep. I played that same list, but I played the 501st. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, um, mostly so I could trigger Ahsoka's... Yeah. yeah. Um, free attack. Free attack, yep. which was huge. That was... Um, that There was another, like, we played to the final struggle. We had... Um, I lost both my secondaries. Like, I won when my other Magnars would be removed from the board. I, like, did wounded his Grievous three times. But the 501st, it was the first time I had played them, and I came away thinking, man, they did work that game. I shatterpointed them once? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. It was just, it, their it, one It time. turns out the 501st yeah. can actually get a lot of work done if they have a whole bunch of beefy bodies in front of them <laughs> so that nobody can attack them. That's exactly <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out if you just put anything in a separatist list, that thing gets better. That's weird. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I that's what I was thinking of with the list I was going with. I was just like, like I wonder if we just run this droid package, how how many of the primaries we can just randomly switch out yeah. to create the exact same potential list yeah and it's high yeah the, the answer thing, like the, i was thinking i'm like what i would what i'm interested in doing is putting obi lumi um that list and running Django as the one of the other secondaries but then you're just like this is the dumbest thing like i'm like putting in this incredible piece but it's like why if, if i want to run clones like just lose with clones if you want to like have like a good yeah. list and also i'm like lumi there are ways to leverage lumi i think in like vader list or something like that like interesting mm-hmm. ways to leverage them but it's it's ridiculous to me that I'm thinking like I have this Republic army. How can I make it better? Oh, I can put separatist units yeah. in this army. It reminds right? me a little bit of a yeah. of an observation that I saw in from my days playing Hearthstone, where people I saw this guy that was like, okay, I'm building a mid range deck, um, and I'm like trying to optimize it over time. And like the key, the thing that I keep realizing playing this mid range deck is like, oh, like it just needs to be a little bit faster. So I'm gonna just, you know swap one or two cards from the high end, yeah. add in some faster stuff, and then like. Eventually, he had just optimized his mid-range deck into an aggro deck. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and and I, it kind of feels like there's a similar thing going on where it's like, yeah. yes, if you're dedicated and you want to play Republic stuff, like do it. Like, go for it. Go for it. Have a blast. Mm. They, I think that the balance of the game generally is pretty good, such that like you can play just about anything and not feel terrible. Yeah. But it but it is the case that like if you're really trying to figure out like where are the big like marginal edges advantages yeah. like yeah. you just kind of end up orbiting back to separatists yeah i do have some optimism that like hey we're getting a mace windu box in a couple weeks yep um our troopers seem amazing yep mace seems amazing yep uh particularly from a force economy thing which yep. republic needs real bad that's a great point and so that's i think that there point. are some i think there's some hope in the very near future but it is one of those things where it it does feel a little bit awkward right now because separatists just get to do a whole bunch of things for free. Yeah, that the republic gets caught paying for. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> and I mean, gonna be, yeah, there's going to be someone who's going to like go out and win with a republic list. Yeah, because yeah. they're just going to practice and get really good at it. Yeah, and that's not us saying that that's never going to happen. It's just like if you take two equally skilled people and you put X yeah. like X list in front of one like sep list versus versus Goli- or republic list yeah and you have the similar amount of breaks going either way yeah 
I, I just don't see a way where the Seps lose. Well, the way to think about it is, like, I, I think about this having... When we stopped playing IA, I started playing um, Hearthstone and Legends of Runeterra and Marvel Snap. And the way that... Because this works really well with card games. And I assume Magic is the same way. You don't think about it in terms of, like, who's going to win every time, but who has the advantage, yep, right? right? Like, if we, yeah. if we simulate 100 games, who wins which number of games, yep. right? Because if you're on the ladder... You're not going to win all of your games. But the idea is like, well, can I win 55% of my games, right? Can I win 60% of my games? And like, it is the case that a good clone player, I don't like the clones, our game, Sam, one of our games was unbelievably close. Like literally you roll one more success on Obi-Wan, you win. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that like you won't win, but it is absolutely the case that you will be playing at a disadvantage right and so it's like it might be a small disadvantage but you will be playing at a disadvantage and so like with with matt i do think that there could be hope on the horizon and it also could be the case that what i want to run with the clones which is this obi lumi thing probably just doesn't quite cut it right now maybe like nerfs come in or something but like anyway yeah this is probably a different discussion for another episode but i think that there is some issue with the fact that the clones are really designed to be attackers at range and I think that puts them at a disadvantage from figures that are comfortable being being in engagement range. Yeah, especially because yeah. you got to be in melee range in order to take to... objectives, right? Yep. Which is such a great like such a great observation. Okay, let's 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 move to the next. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. The the focus of this episode is we're going to be talking about economy in Shatterpoint. So, economy in terms of the resources that you have and how they get spent and how to think about that let's not kenny please just don't be salty just talking about how like just run steps but the idea is that think about it in terms of what are your resources right it's not just a matter of force um it's not just a matter of health like there's a lot of things going on and the figure that we're going to use as our unit highlight is we're going to talk about lord maul so jk give us a quick summary of lord maul and then we'll uh transition from that into a discussion about economy and resources in shatterpoint generally okay first thing he has a force speed This is a single force activation. I'm going to call out those force activations for just a second. His force speed is a full full trigger movement. It's advanced. It's a full advance. Yep. There's no place to run is two force. And basically what he does is he can pull someone towards him and uh, make an attack and then, or pull someone towards him and then they get exposed. And so then he can attack them basically. Um, he has Revenge, I Must Have Revenge, which is a reactive. If someone wounds him with a melee attack, he can attack back. Um, he, can, he, he gets dash a dash, and, and then, then he has he, an attack yep. back. Uh, melee attack is very specific, because he has a lightsaber throw yep. that he can't use. Um, the reason that we call out Force earlier is Sustained by Rage. This is so good. Um, when he's not wounded, he if whenever he wants to spend Force, he can instead, instead suffer damage. So what that means is Lord Maul... N- essentially never pays force never pays the force he never resource. needs to never pay, needs to pay force. which is so good but i but like i i don't know i, I ran him twice i don't remember paying for force i'm sure you do every once in a I while think you, but like I, I, the, I have every yeah, now and then yeah, yeah. but he, generally you just don't P- yeah. partially for this next step yeah yep. for every three damage he has on him he adds a dice to his who me- to his melee attack yep and then if he's injured he adds more dice um again that that's over like some some simple discussion but basically the more damage he takes the more damage he he deals out yes and he takes damage for free by using these force actions which really means he can get basically across the board and pull someone to him on a back line in the first activation yep give or take i know it's not exact but with how many how much people are moving forward you're you're basically getting there 
Yeah. Um, his skill trees, both sides can do 10 damage. Max is out at 10. Um, he's got a couple repositions. He's got a couple shoves. Um, again, not going to go too far into it. He does have his one lightsaber throw, double-bladed lightsaber, or thrown lightsaber. Yep. Um, which is range four and has seven dice, so it's actually a pretty decent thing in there. Yeah. He has access to heal. He has access to a little bit of everything. Yep. But what makes him tick is the fact that he can go in any force-hungry list. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about him. Yeah. You just let him go do his thing. He can just literally go in any list because what list doesn't benefit from force economy? Unless, like, your economy is already so good that you don't need him. Yeah. Right? Like, is the idea. Yeah. Just what he does, like, he he has, like, he's strong. Yep. He's incredibly... Uh, he's incredibly mobile on yes. the base level. Yes. Mm-hmm. He has enough shenanig- enough movement shenanigans to to be good. Yeah. Like he has either repositions or pushes to get himself around where he needs to go. Yeah. Um, and his defense is okay. Yeah. Like it's not great, but it's good enough. His, his yeah. His big weak, weak weakness is that he has two stamina. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that, or two, two durability. Dur, two durability. Two durability. So you can you can ace him and you can ace him. He can like, die. Like he. Like he can. He's an absolute figure that can be removed. One from the of board. the few figures I have ever seen actually removed from the board yep. is yep. Maul. And and his other big weakness I think is his he has no vertical movement. Yeah. Like realistically he he has a jump in his in his trees. Yes. But mm-hmm. he's not going to he's not going to go get you points. Yeah. On on level two or level. three three or anything along those lines yeah that's just not his role i mean in terms of what we've seen him do in the movies he's really great at vertical movement as long as it's going down Down. that's so true (laughs) i mean he does it he does it twice as well (laughs) here's the thing is that maul so um we have like a few this is like a good summary of what maul is good at he is fast he can get across the board turn one literally from your deployment zone he can be contesting a backline objective that's insane he has guaranteed displacement with his nowhere to run, right? He yep. can pull someone off. And that doesn't need to be the person you attack. It just exposes them. He, his his range attack is actually pretty good. And obviously, he is literally the best force economy in the game. I think he's re- a really phenomenal character designed to be in the core set. Yes. Because one, he's, he's very clear if you read his card and what he wants to do. Yep. He wants to deal himself damage. Yep. And then roll more dice when he hits you. And he saves you force points while he's doing it. Yep. But it also teaches this really great thing that I think is going to be a kind of a, a valuable thing to, to keep in mind as we talk through economy more generally, which is he allows you to trade one kind of resource for another. Yes. Um, yeah. And at an incredible exchange rate. You know, yeah. if you think about yeah. the average primary, the, most primaries are bringing you about 11 health. You know, three durability. Yeah. And three force points. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you can trade health for damage at one or sorry health for force points at one to one yeah that's just a phenomenal like exchange rate yeah um and it's very clear like it, it teaches you as a newer player especially that health is a resource that you can leverage yep. in order to buffer your economy and even to think about when you're attacking your opponent like you're not really attacking to try to kill anything you are you are attacking as a way to tax your opponent's economy of resources in the game. Exactly right. Like wounding characters is about taxing, making it harder for them to do things. And yeah. scoring points. Well, sure, but like, yeah. I, I, I mean, like that's it. Yeah. Like you're your wounding them. Is always in the service of how yeah. it helps yeah. you yeah. buy points. Exactly. Yep. Right. Exactly right. Exactly. Um, and the one thing I just want to say is before, because Sam's going to lead this discussion on the resources. I just want to say that I think Maul. And this is a really cool thing about him, will be a perennial figure in the meta because of 
his ability is so strong. And so it's always going to be the case that Maul, I think Maul will see play in two years, right? Like this is assuming like we're going to have two years of, of releases. This is assuming that, uh, I mean, like nothing gets nerfed or buffed or anything like that. His, he will still be relevant. And that's really, with. I don't think he's overtuned. I think he does just enough yep. and in a really cool and unique way but people are still gonna be playing mall in two years which is a very cool he's also incredible in premier lists yeah. he also has yes. shadow collective as a tag oh that's true which yeah. we haven't even seen oh, well yeah. no it's isn't that going to be coming out in the cad bane box maybe uh maybe. shadow collective is on the bad mandos in the core box as well uh, oh there we go i, I but, did say earlier but, that only Django had scoundrel i was wrong okay. about Lord yeah Baldos. it is on their cards it does not do anything oh yeah he's yeah. a scoundrel he is a scoundrel. Yeah. That, that's but probably gonna come that's, up cad, cad, i assume cad bane's gonna have scoundrel. oh I'm sure. han solo lord mollus anybody yeah that's, <laughs> that's what i yeah oh man here we go <laughs> i think of star wars <laughs> okay sam um, take it so, away uh, yeah, as you said, we're going to talk about the resources. And first, we kind of wanted to define what some of those resources are. We have the big ones, Force. Yep. You know, that's obviously that's something you're spending to get different stuff. But you have a bunch of other resources you're using. Your stamina and your durability. Yep. Your stamina is like your health, your durability is how many times you can take that much health. Also, like the actions you take in the game are a resource that you have. You only have so many activations. And in that activation, you only have so many actions. Great point. And um, being how to use those most efficiently and figuring out how to tax other people's actions is really important. That's why pin is so good. It often makes them use an action to get yeah. rid of stuff. Great point. Or a force if, you know, it taxes their economy somehow. Yep. Um, no matter what, the economy of Shadowpoint constricts as the game progresses. Yep. Whether it's um, you have let your, as people get wounded, yeah. force costs go get higher. Yep. So you're going to have to pay more force. You have... As with characters that use their their stamina as a resource, you're just going to have less of it as the yeah. game goes on, as you're taking damage from various attacks, from using your abilities. Yep. Additionally, th you only have so many actions in a game. You have Every action you take, you have less and less actions left to take in that game. That's a great point. So every your resources are all diminishing within a game of Shatterpoint. Yep. I mean, the, the, it has a deflationary economy, I think, just kind of nails it especially in comparison to mcp which is that you're taking damage you're getting more force power or whatever it is power well i don't power. know what it's like energy power power you're getting more power like is, it is literally the you opposite. were right on target <laughs> and you just went right past it <laughs> i literally just went right past it anyway keep going sam oh no that was that's what i was getting at that um your you have all these different resources they're all draining at slightly different rates yeah. and you're kind of having to balance them to figure out how to convert these resources into points yeah. that'll win you struggles. Yeah. How how do we how do we take the resources that we have and win objectives, right? Yep. Is like or gain momentum, right? And to be honest, I, I have realized that the constricting economy is what I love about Shatterpoint in terms of I, I mean, obviously, we need more games with the separatists, um, but like the yeah, that it gets like tighter. That you need to think about your target priority, not just in terms of who you can wound, but who you should wound. Like Matt said, in order to tax what your opponent is trying to do, is so fun. It's such like a cool aspect of the game. Yeah, it's one of the things that I think it has come up with Count Dooku a lot because you look at him and you play against him a couple of times, and it's sort of like, well, like you kind of. Like really, just don't want to be attacking Dooku. Yes, because you're like it is hard to actually hit him and deal damage. And I think that like it is correct a lot of the time that you just sort of like he is going to tax you more than you can tax him by attacking him. Yep. Mm -hmm. However, 
it can sometimes be the case, depending on what your opponent's playing, depending on the board state, where it is worth attacking Dooku to just tap, to require him to spend force yeah. in order to prevent taking damage. Yeah. And you sort of, it is a way to tax a separatist player's economy by saying, like, yeah, I'm not going to do damage, but I might be able to shove you up a point. I might be able to force you to spend a couple of force points that you otherwise would not have to spend, and yeah. that might impact what they're able to do in future turns. Is Dooku's health 10 or 11? 10. 10. Yeah, so I mean, if you can put 4 damage on him, then now yep. he's starting to look like he can be wounded, right? I mean, my so. Dooku got wounded tonight, but that's because Magna Guards attacked him like 6 times. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, then, so. and then their card came up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about, um, speaking about Dooku and about his force economy, you can that kind of gives you an idea. Well, I think Obi-Wan's force ability kind of gives you an idea of how much an attack is worth yeah. for force. About two force yeah. cancels out one attack action. Okay. Right? right. And that that's a good rate. That's a really good ability on Obi-Wan. Yeah. So if you... When you're saying Obi-Wan, he means Obi-2. Obi I mean, I mean yeah. Obi-2. Yeah. So like Obi-2... Like, that's a really good... You want to spend two force to get rid of their action. Yeah. And Dooku does the same thing. It's like, more or less, he cancels their attack action against him... That's a good ...by point. spending one to three force. Great point. So, um, you know, you're, you're trading in their force for actions, and you have to decide when you are attacking Dooku, is it worth it yeah. to... Is my action worth one to three of their force? Yeah. That's such a great point. <clears throat> it's, it's Well, it's interesting as the game goes on as well, going back to the diminishing idea. Like, round one, you... You typically plan out your force, right? Yeah, you can do you, you pretty knew, much everything. Yeah, yeah, you you have your 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 math. I I need three for, you know, three for Anakin. I need yep. one for one for Kraken. I need one for Kalani. I need da, 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 da. in round two. Your the action economy yeah. becomes so much more important yeah. than your force economy. Then your second round through the. Yeah. The, the the dice Anakin the, uh, the has deck. blown your budget and yeah. your clone children are starving. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so, suddenly you're like you're like round one or you're like first activation. You're like I'm gonna spend five five force if I can because I I need to try to end this now. Yeah, because you mm -hmm. want like because you want to shorten their action economy at yeah. that point, and you're willing yeah. to trade force for their chances to win mm -hmm. back points. Yeah, if you can get in front, that's where you start start doing that great point. and then back the other side of i need to spend force points to extend my force in my action economy yeah, by yeah. trying to steal extra points yeah, and yeah. so you're you're willing to to get to like the end of a round of being like mm -hmm. i have no force left i haven't had force for four cards but i'm alive yeah it's one of the things to think about if you're while you're trying to contest an objective or flip a point or even when you get down to like hey well i have an activation nothing I can do can prevent me from losing this struggle. And so maybe it's better to spend this action trying to set up success in the future. You know, Or if your opponent has two different units sitting on the same point and you only need to push one of them off, yeah. one of the things to think about is like, hey, which one of them is hurt more badly if they're wounded and then has to pay force for all those abilities yep. or one extra force for those abilities? Yeah. Because, I mean, it... Clones especially really get hit hard when all of their coordinated fire and those defensive maneuvers cost extra. Yeah. Um, Magna guards also for all of their free mobility and stuff. If you, well, yeah. for all of the stuff on the Magna guards cards, but yeah. all the crack and Kalani stuff still just happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, I wonder it'd be an interesting nerf to Magna guards if one they had nine health and two if protection protocol cost a force. 
right? Because then once they're wounded. Say why? Well, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It does. But like, it'd be interesting if that if that was just the, kind the of ability uh, during their turn. Was yeah, their problem. Right? right. Like, it's just an interesting. I don't know because yeah. it, it is very interesting to think about. This is something I've learned from Sam is how important it is to wound supporting characters mm-hmm. for the very reason of taxing what they're able to do. Yeah, I mean, no, and yeah. the reason why is because I've played against Sam. He's only played Seps. And so playing against mm-hmm. Seps, that they're getting all the stuff for free, mm-hmm. right? And so you need to, to wound yep. them so that they're no longer able to do that for free. And they have to think, yeah. well, I might not be able to, you know, take four not-so-fast shots with Django because I have to actually spend a force somewhere, yeah. right? It's one of the things that I think that maybe puts Anakin in a bit of a tough spot in the current state of the game as well. Yeah. Because his, you read his card and it says, like, hey, go murder primary and secondary units, please. Yeah. And here's your cookie if you do that. Yep. And I, but I think that especially in the first struggle, trying to take down and tox those supports can be so much more valuable, both in terms of just trying to contest points because in most cases the supports have two warm bodies to sit on points. Great where, point. Where the others have one. But mm-hmm. also because you, with that budget of force and how it's getting spent, if you start requiring supports to spend force in order to do things, it really can kind of take the wheels off of your opponent's plans in terms of their economy. What is Anakin's max damage? Like 11 or something. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> like, enough to one-shot everyone but Vader, I think. Maybe, okay. maybe he can even get up to 12 on his expertise. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. But... Um, <clears throat> The other interesting thing about your, you know, we talk about all costs for force abilities go up. Yeah. One thing that doesn't go up is the force you have to spend to reserve. Yep. But still the cost for that gets higher later on. Yeah. Because especially if you're like in your third struggle and you're not sure you're going to go through your entire deck. Yeah. You're, you're spending a force making, which makes whatever actions you're going to take a little worse because you're going to have to be spending force on that yeah. to reserve a thing. That you might not get a benefit out of. Yeah. You might never activate that character. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, your everyone else still needs is spending more and more force, so reserving can become quite costly in later struggles. I mean, that again, in a deflationary economy, that's how it works. Is it's not mm-hmm. that like what happens is is your dollar becomes worth more money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so every time you're going to spend it. It's that the amount of force that you get is static, but the cost of things that how much force needs to be outlaid is going up, right? And so that's why Sam's saying it's only costing you one force to reserve, but that one force is now worth one point five force, two force, right? Because yeah. in you know in order to do all these things, you no longer can just spend one force; you need to spend two or three, right, or something yeah. like that. And we've talked a lot about I mean force points specifically because that's the most obvious resource that you have to spend. But like if you think about stamina or durability or or action economy as all these different facets of that economy, if you wound uh, enemy units suddenly your opponent has to has to come up with more action economy to move more dudes onto points to flip points. Great point. Right? Yep. Excellent you, point. If you are dealing in chip damage, then it becomes you have to do less down the road in order to wound and remove those units. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. are locking your units down with engagement and so that they can't do a full advance and their movement is shorter, they have to find some other way if they need to get that, that unit from one place to somewhere else on the board. Great point. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious about on the on the subject of chip damage is um, Grievous's uh, thing where he he does his his spin attack. I, I've called. been training your Jedi. Yes, yeah, where he can. Dump... I'm pretty sure it's called try spinning. It's a good trick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
it costs two force, and that's what Anakin used, so it's yeah. probably the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he does two damage to everyone he's engaged with, more or less. Like, yeah. And and I think about that, and I'm Besides like... Besides the person it, he attacked. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it, it seems... It's, it's so possibly expensive. Yeah. Like, two two damage for... Or two force for two damage. Yeah. But if you can get it off to multiple people, mm-hmm. and then... Because then just, like... Once everything becomes cheaper, everything becomes more like the action economy, right? Gets back into frame. If yeah. you do two damage to, you know, if you do two damage to a clone commando that's unblockable, yeah, and they suddenly have four damage to health, yeah, you're probably going to take them out in one activation versus more likely than not two because of their protection. Things yeah. along those lines also makes them. It's, I mean, with I've been training your Jedi arts, this free damage goes really well, Jango. Yeah. So yeah. If if Jango hadn't pinged your your Lumi, yeah. my plan was not to have Grievous attack Lumi, yeah, but attack a, somebody else yeah. by there yep. and then trigger that and would have finished. Yeah, you know, I think that's point. the big utility for that yeah. ability. Is it sort of like you're not spending on it very often, but the ability to say, hey, I can attack somebody else yeah. and then just guarantee get the two damage I need to finish off another figure. Great point. It's like guaranteed results in a game like this are so rare yep. Yep. that mm-hmm. it is one of those things where you're not paying for it often but when the opportunity comes up where you can definitely wound one person with that two damage and then maybe also deal some extra damage or you know not have to over spike somebody with your full action yeah that's where that utility comes up you you're trading force points for action economy yeah there, there are also some characters that care about their stamina more than others like vaderless yeah. right or maul where their their stamina is worth extra dice or extra force and so being putting chip damage on them hurts their economy more than other lists. Yeah, great right. point. Because, you know, when your Vader activates and he has 10 damage on him, he can't, you know, do his big swing. Yeah. Yep. You know? And, and Luminara is a piece specifically designed to offset that force economy where it's like, hey, you win one of my guys, but I get to heal chip damage from somewhere else. I will also say that this is one reason why I really... Like, Luminara might be my most favorite primary right now because what she does is so cool. Because what... what what she's doing, as Matt just said, is kind of inverting the stamina economy, right? Where it's I'm 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 not spending my stamina as a resource, but my stamina I'm I'm taxing what you are able to do in terms of dealing damage to me, right? You're gonna wound yeah. someone. Okay, well now I'm gonna heal three off of somebody else, right? So mm-hmm. she is kind of she she is putting a tax on your opponent. The problem is is that it works really well. Her ability works really well with high defense or high health units. Yeah. And she just doesn't quite have that. Like, the clones are just not there for that. Yeah. But I think it's great with, like, Rex or Obi-Wan or something like that. These units that are kind of high defense naturally or, you know, at least not getting one shot. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want to attack Obi. Well, here's the problem is if you attack Obi, you're going to do five damage or six damage. But then if you're not able to wound him and you're wounding other things, that all is just going to come off. And so it's just a really, it's a very awesome dynamic. I just don't feel like it's quite hitting there. It it feels like it's designed to operate as kind of a natural counter for lists that aren't necessarily looking to totally wound units. Yeah. But are just like, you know, like like Magna Guards, they have shoves, they have other ways of pushing things off of points. Yeah. Um, And so Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, I'm going to do, you know, three to four damage and I'm going to shove you off a point and flip it. And then I'm going to look somewhere else. And it feels like it's sort of designed to try to combat that and say, oh, well, you can do that. Yeah. But then when you actually do wound somebody, I get some of that value back. I think that part of why she's in a bit of a tough spot right now and why clones in general are in a bit of a tough spot right now is that the defensive suites there are not quite like enough to where you're getting a ton of value out of that. Yeah. 
and the and the incentive there to or like the lists that are good at pushing and doing chip damage everywhere are also just good at randomly spiking people. Yeah, exactly. And so there's yeah. just not much to be done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought Scott running Lumi Vader. I am I am gonna try that because I feel like yeah. Vader is actually weirdly a perfect fit for Lumi. Absolutely. You know, like he cares about his stamina more yeah. than most other units. He spends yeah. that as a resource more. Yep. And so recovering is more valuable. Yeah. Well, and, and he gives you as the player the opportunity to opt in to yeah. spread that damage around yep. as opposed to requiring your opponent to choose to opt into that yeah um you, it puts you more in control and it converts that health into damage that you're dealing back yep and then you can in turn heal stuff and you know sometimes also uh you come one or two damage short of wounding vader and then luminara gets flipped up and yeah. uh all that health evaporates yeah with i mean force points, 12 right? 12 health who else has 12 health just Vader. Just, just Vader. Vader. Yep. I mean, like, and you, I can absolutely tell you that the difference between every increment of health between six to seven and seven to eight yep. makes Those a break huge. It's yeah. huge. Makes yeah. it massive. Going from eleven to twelve, it's just a lot, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, does any unit? Can any unit do twelve damage? Yeah. So Grievous can um, if he maxes out and he gets expertise, right? If he maxes out and gets at least th- three expertise, yeah. yeah, right. So it's like, so it's just very mm-hmm. hard to do things like it's just not going to happen, right? Yep. And yeah. so. Like the amount, the number of units who can do five damage in one attack is X, you know, seven damage. Like, and that there's just all these breakpoints, as Matt says, that just create really, really hard barriers for a lot of units to overcome. Well, and it is the case, like, you will see a lot of close games end up coming down to those really tight margins. Oh, hey, I lost a game because I, because the B1s had protection and I needed one more damage than I got. Exactly. I lost a game, you know, like, those breakpoints matter enormously. And yeah. so, then that's one of the things that very quietly we talked about this in a previous episode, where it's like, yes, sometimes the dice can betray you, but it, part of learning to be better at the game is being able to assess and say, oh, what are the marginal choices that I could have made differently? Yeah. That because I made them the way that I did, put me in a situation where, because my dice were a little bit suboptimal, I lost. Yeah. If if I had had like, where could I have made different decisions to get one or two extra health so that instead of losing there i win i absolutely think like shatterpoint is all about those incremental decisions right and how you spend every single action how you spend every single force point which is why it's such an awesome deep game there's so many like every choice i feel like is an opportunity for analysis paralysis because there's just so much you can do which is why it's such a great game right um i want to talk about how the four special conditions influence economy as well great point because each of them does in a very different way Mm -hmm. yeah so like pin's the most straightforward of them pin just says if you try and take an action you don't yeah you know and there's ways to get around that sometimes the pin costs a force yeah you know people often you see like oh i have an ability to move i spend my force i remove my condition yep you can take the recover action, but essentially you're you're taxing an action or at least one force yeah. for each pin yep. that doesn't get recovered. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, strain's different because strain's making you make the choice of saying, is this action worth, the besides damage. the initial cost, yeah. addition, the three damage? It's also the case that, that strain makes it so that if you're doing out of activation stuff, it's really, it really makes you think, do I have the stamina stamina to spend in order to do this thing? Is it yeah. worth that damage? Which I'm absolutely going to take, right? Yeah. So. It's like, well, I could... I mean, I've had times where I have chosen to wound my characters mm-hmm. when they've had um, the, the strain on them yeah. to do their out-of-activation stuff. Yeah. 
but you really have to weigh that carefully of like this character will now be wounded and no longer be able to contest yep. but is this five dice droid attack worth it or yeah. is this you know is reposting back against them worth it that's a great point i actually forgot that repost Post is yeah. a reactive ability so God, i love it mm-hmm. yeah strain is really really great against primaries because primaries have a lot of reactive abilities they have a lot of defensive abilities great point. that yep. that trigger kind of outside of those things we've talked about like ahsoka yep it's really sad when she gets strained because of everything that her kid does yeah she then is paying a three health tax in order to do it it's it's strain can be really can really mess with those breakpoints of different characters like yeah. Especially the, the nine to six is a big one. I mean, you just think characters. about like the curve, right? Just yep. the curve to the left, and all of a sudden, like eighty five percent of like your results are going to be getting what you need in order to kill them or wound them. Disarm's real interesting because it makes your it's it's taxing your action by just like making it thirty percent worse. Yep. You know, so like you're like, do I take this action with, or is another action better when it's you know my action's thirty percent worse? It doesn't do what it needs what it needs to do all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Expose is interesting because it's kind of opposite. It makes your actions thirty percent better. Yeah, right. Makes yeah. your the, the person who is attacking, attacking into the expose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're all doing that. Yeah, so. But it is also the case too that like given the opportunity to you know recover or heal, whether that's because you've been wounded and now you're flipping back after you activate, or if you get a recover action from a buddy somewhere, like. Even those you know, disarm, expose conditions that are a little bit more ethereal can effectively turn into a one health tax that they would have spent recovering damage otherwise yeah. if they you know, mm-hmm. choose. Almost always players will, I think, correctly choose to remove conditions before damage, Yeah. except yeah. in cases where they feel like they have a more efficient way to deal with those conditions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a case where it's you're thinking if you have a way, like if your unit's going to get one shot anyway, you don't care about getting rid of your expose. You're like, I'm just, if the next attack I take, I will be wounded, right? right? And so yep. then you just go for it. But, but conditions are also one of the few ways that you can continue to tax a unit's health after it's already been wounded. Yep, absolutely. Because there's a huge difference between okay, I'm wounded and I've got a pin versus I'm wounded and I have all four conditions because you only get to remove one yep. once yeah, you flip back sure. up. Also and that's a big decision, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. It also, and, and that's a, a reason of shooting someone once they're wounded yep. to give them those extra conditions. It's typically, again, going back to, into action economy, it's not the most efficient thing. No. But... Because you're wasting damage. Because you're wasting damage, yeah. right? But, if, but it's something to remember... That, like, if you have a random trooper who is just like, well, you know, I might be able to do a damage or two to Vader, or I could put two extra conditions on so-and-so, there's a discussion to be had as to whether or not one of them is better than the other. And obviously it depends on game state yeah. and what things yeah, are. Especially if you know that, like, hey, that figure is very likely to be activating soon. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You can say, like, hey, maybe I give up a little bit of tempo now in order to put a pin on that Vader because I know he's going next. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean that. I mean that's again why these conditions are so brutal on primaries. Yep. Right. Because they don't have, you know, they don't have the ability like magna guards do. Magna guards, one of them is likely to be engaged with somebody and can clear your pin. Right. Yeah. And the other one can move. Whereas primaries can't do that. So primaries have lots of ways. You know, like Vader has got Vader's fury and he's got like these other things. I have a question with Vader's fury. If he clears his pin with that, does he get to trigger the rest of the ability? Um, let me read. So, yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So, because it's, it's, it's not, not like defensive maneuver where it says each that this character may, or, or a character in this unit may dash. Yeah. If they dash, dash. Okay. then you get the hunger token. Okay. The Vader's yeah. Fury is just you may advance, 
Also, you get to do another thing. Yeah, what's Vader's the, so good. What's the wording on pin? It's, no, it's well, the next time you would dash, dash reposition, yeah, yeah. Um, or it, or yes. advance, advance, climb, or jump. Yeah. One of those five things, you don't do it. Yeah, and I, I heard the clarification was, it's not that you go to trigger it and then it doesn't trigger, but that you never take yeah. it in the first place. You never way. take it in the first place, which is important for things like strain, because if it's out of action, you're pinned and strained. Yeah. You move, it does not trigger the strain because yeah. it never happened if it's during your action it does because you still took the move action yeah you then, just yep yeah yeah that's right makes sense the movement mm -hmm. points go into your pool and yeah. Play yeah. wrong game yeah wrong <laughs> game what let's think about it like this how do we leverage economy like what are the ways to think about leveraging economy for people who are getting into the game like what should they be thinking about in terms of the decisions they should make in order to win the economy game right so i'm thinking immediately the first thing is wounding you know these supporting characters in order we're wounding magna guards in order to increase the cost of them doing their pro protection protocols but like what are some other things we can think of i think the first thing you should do is uh is calculate your force round one typically you want to basically say i'm going to spend these seven six eight force mm -hmm. on this group of things yeah I'm not going and and don't try to just throw force around just because you have it. No. But also use it when you have it. Like like if you act if you have saying I'm going to use two force for Asajj. Yeah. Don't and you activate her first. Don't be like oh well I don't want to use the force now because yeah. I, it's so early. It's like no. This is your chance. You've planned it out. Yeah. Go use it and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's the other thing that I'll call out because I still have this bad habit that I picked up from playing Marvel Crisis Protocol. In that game, you're allowed to do, do any actions you want. You can attack twice. Yeah. You can move twice, right? And so the assumption in the economy is like, hey, anything you can do without having to spend an action, you want to do that first. You spend power or other resources, do that first, and then hopefully, like, if you can move without spending an action, you do that, and then you can attack twice. Yeah. Right. However, Shatterpoint has this thing where on your combat trees they can trigger activated abilities. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. often one of the, if you are playing characters that have that on their tree, um, it, uh, you want to be taking the attacks earlier in their turn before you trigger that activated ability because yeah. you can only do it once per turn. Yeah. And so one way to get ahead on the economy or to cheat out some extra force points is even if you were going to do it anyway make the attack first yeah see if you high roll so that you can do it for free yep and then you've got an extra force point to float somewhere do else. the free stuff first right same with reposition yeah yeah, yeah. reposition also does like mm -hmm. if you have or shoves to get you onto a point yep. yeah if you, you're like oh i can spend a force just to dash into this point or i can get a shove and a reposition on if i get three steps down my tree exactly yeah. you know so let me make this attack see if i can save that force by getting far enough yeah, damage dealt is kind of an incremental economy tax over time that then pays off once you hit the wounding breakpoint. Yeah. Um, the more immediate benefit is can you shove someone off a point? Yep. Can you apply mm -hmm. conditions to limit what they can do on their next activation? Those kind of small things uh, will stack up faster. And I think the other thing to think about this is just in terms of sheer tempo. If you, th if you can tax a small thing now rather than a big thing later often, that's just better. Yeah, that's right? great. That, yeah. that is an excellent point. 100%. I think the other thing to consider when you're spending your force um, is, is this force moving the struggle token or helping me gain momentum? Yeah. Or when, whatever resources you're spending, if you're just like, oh, I can spend this and then I can get an attack off and 
because I spent this thing. But if that if that whole train of thought of doing this thing, if that doesn't get you somewhere on the struggle token, yeah. doesn't get you movement from the struggles or momentum, then you're probably using that inefficiently. Yeah. So as a new player, you really want to be thinking like, oh, I'm not doing this in order to get off more attacks to kill stuff. Yeah. But you're doing it to score points, which will win you the game. Yeah. Sometime, like, once we, I've played, like, 30 more games, I want to have a discussion of how many, how much momentum should you be planning to get every action? Like, or every, like, turn, Every right? struggle? Like, you're, or, you're, yeah. Like, so every one of your turns, you're getting two to three if you're lucky, yeah. four, right? Like that's an interesting thing to think about in terms of like how that yeah. that works, the economy. Momentum and the struggle token tempo is actually a great thing to think about in terms of economy too. Yeah. Because sometimes you want to not spike somebody down with that last two damage yep. until the next struggle. Yep. Or one of the things that can happen as well is the natural ebb and flow of the game is that the, whichever player gets to score first in a struggle is going to be pulling that token towards their side of the board. Yep. And the opponent is going to be trying to pull it back to neutral or further. Yep. And it's sort of like, it's naturally going to be favoring one player. Yeah. The player who has it on their side has a tempo advantage and that there is a way to tax your opponent into having to spend more resources in order to try to claim it back. Yeah. And so depending on which side of that struggle that you're on, you need to be thinking about... I, you need to be if you're behind on that you need to either be willing to spend more resources now yeah. to try to equalize that or you need to be saying like well can I slow down the rate at which my opponent is going to win this struggle enough yeah. that I can build up an advantage for future struggles see I actually think that is a really interesting thing to think about in terms of economy where the number of spaces that the struggle marker has to go is also a resource yeah. right mm -hmm. in terms of it's how like, much time you have how much time you have that's mm -hmm. exactly right how many like Sam said you only get a finite number of actions and but yep. again that's a resource mm -hmm. and so you're thinking it's not the worst thing in the world if your opponent is pulling things over you know onto their side it's you, you just need to think about this like in terms of well I mean if you've already lost a struggle you can't lose another one but it you it that that is a resource that you might need to leverage lose now in order to leverage more later I I think another thing that I, I think us Imperial assault players need to get over is you want you is is wounding people who have activated is actually can actually be more beneficial than wounding people who are coming up yeah because if you can mm -hmm. wound someone who is already activated they're not going to contest an objective yeah until however long until yeah. they, they, they yeah. may literally never activate again yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and 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 that's just something that we like yeah. i never i'm never used to or, i always have to remind yeah. myself to do that or it can create a situation where you force your opponent to use a shatter point on a less effective yeah. activation in order to get them back into the mix and contesting objectives yeah wound second or wound supports wound supports just in general I, yeah yeah I, I think that's gonna like make people better yeah because i think we often want to take big swings yeah. and yep. kill primaries and yada 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 yeah but like primaries are still super powerful just doing basic actions yeah yep supports yeah. and secondaries start really suffering if they're doing just basic actions yep. great point one of the other things to maybe think this is something i was thinking about a little bit be, tonight because i was running padawan ahsoka and i think that the secondary units in the game kind of fall into two broad categories you have ones that are like uh, ahsoka and barris who are kind of like their budget primaries yeah they're gonna give you a they're gonna do kind of what a primary does but at a little bit lower yeah. scale. Yep. And then you have the other supports that are like Rex, like Kalani, like Kraken, who are like, they are they are squad leaders for your supports. Yeah. They are powering up what your supports can do. Yeah. And you have to think about taxing those as resources differently, and you have to think about how you position your own very differently. Where you put... 
Kalani on the field is really different from where you put Ahsoka on the field 100%. just because if you if your five cost secondary Kalani gets wounded, suddenly all that crazy stuff that he gets to do on his activation costs a lot more to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you know, or if he gets, you know, the, one of the best ways to tax Kalani is do you shove a pin on him? Yeah, and, and so can't, you he can't, can't, he can't yeah. move himself. He can't keep up with all the crazy movement he's giving to people. Yep, yep. that costs him so much. His attack is so good, but he really needs the movement. Yep. Um, you know, or I think another good thing for for those Republic players out there who are still going to try it despite uh, <laughs> Ken, Kenny's hope uh, springs eternal in the human yeah. breast. Well, I, mean, um, I mean, Sam is moving out of state, and so that gives all of us an opportunity locally yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to get to play Republic without feeling bad. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like it doesn't matter. Keep yeah. going. Um, <laughs> sometimes, especially if you like flip over a support first, instead of spending your force to uh, give them the hunker and dash them, yeah. you just take the hunker action. Yeah, just take the just, hunker. Just... just, just Take a hunker action, get your resources that you need for extra defense yep. recovery without yep. having to spend your force. Yeah. I think the problem, my problem with that is that it is the case that most of the time they're not needing that hunker as bad. Like, the, 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 the hunker is a bonus. They want the movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's the, the they can, issue. They can get midline with just a, uh, an advance and a hunker. Though. I know. I, that is true. But, but they, then they can't attack. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> and then I they're just melee raid. <laughs> and they're worse. And so, in order yeah. to be hunkered, they need to be farther back. If they're farther if, if back, then the hunker like, doesn't matter. If only there was like a clone secondary that would allow you to gain, cheat some extra movement out of deployment. Yeah. And then... There you go. That's a good yeah. point. Pawns yeah. is awesome. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel like this is such an interesting conversation because I feel like the economy is different for every list yeah. like the economy 100%. for the cr the clones is so different from the economy for for the seps and and it is there are so many different decisions i mean the economy is kind of the game right like yep. how how are you spending your resources how are you taxing your opponent's resources right like luck is obviously a factor but really the game is all about like how we're making these yeah. decisions and knowing how to i think increase that incremental cost to your opponent and make marginally better decisions on your side is how you're going to win more games and there's just so much to explore with that which is awesome yeah. i mean kind of secretly that that is true of most games like this yeah right like I mean, there are all of these different aspects in the game that are you know, damage or they're themed in different ways, but really they're just different kinds of resources yeah. that you are then spending, you are then trying, you are trying to spend your, the stuff that you have better than your opponent. Yep. Right. Like any, any card game that you play really is about economy yeah. in different mm -hmm. ways. It's just what, what are the different resources and what does the game call them? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's who can who can spend the resources they have the most efficiently is going to win the most often. And it's also an interesting thing to think about in terms of as you're building your list, yep. like why Maul is so good is uh -huh. because you think like, what can I do in order to give myself an economy advantage, right? Yeah. Like Seps, mm -hmm. Dooku, Django, Maul, Grievous, all of these characters yep. have ways to increase your force economy. Right? Well, and every character that you pick is also going to have a certain, it's going to expect a certain amount of cost that you spend in Great your point. economy. Great so point. like the, when you build a list with Anakin, it's just different than any other list that you're going to build because you are he's bringing four force points and he's going to spend all four of those force points. Yep. Great right? Point. And that's just different from Dooku who is bringing four force points and he will probably refresh more than he spends. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I spent, yeah. I think I really want to run a list that is Dooku, Anakin and Jango. Like, yep. I mean, that just seems like it's yeah. just an Anakin battery, right? Yep. And you're just like, it's... go kill him, Anakin. You yeah. know, also, my magic uh -huh. guards will just kill them. So, yeah. 
Awesome. We want to thank everyone for listening. This has been a really fun episode. I feel like the force, the economy, health, just how we spend things is, is something that I'm really trying to get better at. And it's just an incredible thing to explore with the game. So I encourage everyone, again, join the Slack. Um, if you are able to do this in the next few days, vote for which promo you'd like to get. Um, we encourage everyone to just join the Slack and join the conversation. We're having a ton of fun talking. This list that I ran, the third list that I ran tonight, was from Will, who is a really active member of our local community. But there's just really cool lists that are being talked about and just kind of theorized and that will obviously get better as more units are released. So hop over, have fun with us, and everyone have an awesome day.